There are certain moments and words that shaped a new era in pro wrestling. Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. Brett screwed Brett. Die, Rocky, die. Suck it! Introducing the Book of Wrestling, 25 catchphrases that explain the Attitude Era. Tune in as we relive one of the most exciting, intense, and over-the-top times in WWE. With new interviews, with the voices that made the promos, calls, and catchphrases into history. Listen now. This episode of the Bill Simmons Podcast is presented by State Farm. If you ever been in an accident and you're okay, but you know what happened? Your first reaction is going to be, man, why did that happen? If you ever buy a new house or a new car or a new anything, there's this little rush you get when you're like, I did it. I made it happen. But really, the only words you need to remember are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm has options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to help choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Learn more at statefarm.com. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer partner of the NBA. It's just what you need to sit back and enjoy the game. And they're also getting fans closer to the game than ever. You can win exclusive NBA prizes like courtside seats, signed memorabilia, and more. I love Michelob because of how light it is. It's only 95 calories with 2.6 carbs. You know what the perfect time for Michelob Ultra is? A little doubleheader, a little NBA doubleheader. Right at first half of the first game. I don't know, West Coast time, that's usually about Five o'clock, 5.30, perfect time for a beer. You can do it. Grab a pack to enjoy today. Learn more and enter for your chance to win at MichelobUltra.com slash courtside, LDA, 21 and up. We're also brought to you by The Ringer, a podcast network. Hope you're checking out the rewatchables. We did Die Hard 2 last week. We have another good one coming up on Monday. It's an anniversary movie. Prestige TV podcast has been heating up. Severance season finale is coming this weekend, as well as the latest episode of Atlanta. Next week, I think we're doing winning time. I think the end of We Crash is coming. I think we have Better Call Saul and Barry. So it's action packed. Subscribe to that now. Coming up on this feed in a little bit, we're talking to Nathan Hubbard and Joe House about our day at the Masters, all the stuff we saw, and something really special from Tiger. So we're going to talk about that in a second. At the top of the pod, though, I didn't think we'd talk basketball at the very top because it looked like the Celtics were punting on the Milwaukee game. They scratched Tatum, they scratched Horford. And it seemed like, you know, watching from afar, kind of a savvy way to maybe get out of a 2-7 game against Brooklyn or, or whatever. Maybe Tatum really needed the rest and Horford's old and he's played a ton of minutes. They didn't squander the game. <laughs> we thought at the top, oh, they're squandering that. They had really the best kind of game, the valiant loss where they were a little undermanned, but they got to experiment with three-guard lineups. Derek White got some big minutes near the end, so to Pritchard. Got a little Tyson there and Grant Williams, and they just went toe-to-toe with Milwaukee. And in a weird way, even though they lost, I think there's some stuff they learned probably from that game, some things they tried. The fact that their bench, I think, is, you know, really going to be an asset when they get everybody back if Milwaukee's the team they face in round two. It looks like Milwaukee is now locked in to the two seed unless they decide to throw it away. I, as I've said on this pod many times, I do not think they're afraid of Brooklyn. And they'd probably welcome the chance to play Brooklyn in round one when they know they're not going to have Simmons or Harris. Just go right at them. 
Now, when we started taping the podcast, which you're about there, Philly was up 15 to two against Toronto. They ended up blowing the game. And Toronto, um, there was no, no Matisse Thibel. That doesn't explain why Philly lost. Toronto, Siakam went nuts. And Toronto has done this over and over again. And they became the proverbial, they've become the proverbial, I don't want to play that team in the playoffs. They're, I don't think they're going to make the finals, but for two weeks, huge pain in the ass. <laughs> huge. Little reminiscent, just a weird matchup. Like, little reminiscent of like the, the O three Pistons, not the O four Pistons, but the O three Pistons, where all of a sudden that team became a problem, and you're watching them, and you're like, Ben Wallace grabs every rebound. Chauncey Billups pretty good, like, I, I, dude. And then it became realistic they might make the finals. I don't think Toronto's that good, but huge pain in the ass. Undersized, but not really. Switch on everything whenever they want. They can hit threes. They have multiple guys to go to at the end of the game that you don't totally trust, but sometimes they can get hot. Uh, really good chemistry. And Philly felt it tonight. The other thing Philly felt was this Harden trade, which, you know, the more you look at this and the more you watch Harden, he's out of excuses now. Unless there's some sort of proof that his hamstring has just been damaged beyond repair or that he needs six months off or whatever. I just think he's getting old. I think he has a lot of miles. I think he played a lot of games. Um, from really the first year he showed up in Houston all the way through the 2010s. A lot of minutes, really durable. Um, and he might have just peaked. You know, and you think like, one thing, this isn't the only thing to look at, but field goals made is a pretty fun stat. I don't know. We've had it for the entire course of NBA history. Here's last seven games. Two for 11, nine for 17, four for 15, four for 10, four for 13, four for 10, three for 12 tonight against Toronto. He had 15 assists, fine. But the explosiveness is not there. He doesn't get to the rim the same way. He cannot make big guys pay like he used to, unless it's like Laurie Markkinen. And when you play a team like Toronto, it's just a terrible matchup for them. They have a lot of athletes. He's not blown by people. And I'm just seeing a guy that, unless he's hitting that step back three, is a lot easier to defend than he used to be. That is not what Philly signed up for. Philly made this Ben Simmons trade. They waited, they waited, they waited. They thought that this was going to not only make them a contender, but make them a finals team. And they are not a finals team. They have the fifth best odds on FanDuel for a reason, because they are not a finals team. And the guy you have to feel for is Embiid, who had an MVP caliber year. Rasil and I are going to talk. We're doing a two-part podcast on Sunday night. We'll dive into who we're who we're voting for in the awards and all that stuff. But um, you think all the things that could have turned Simmons into, even if it was CJ McCollum. And look, I think CJ stock is a lot higher than it was two months ago. But that trade was sitting there forever, and CJ ends up getting traded for you could say it was sixty cents a dollar, eighty cents a dollar, really expensive contract that not a lot of people wanted. New Orleans ends up getting him. For Jason Hart, who I really like at the contract you got, and, you know, a bunch of throwing stuff and a pick that probably isn't going to matter that much. And that's what C.J. McCollum cost. Even if Philly had gotten him, even if they had gotten Sabonis and just figured out a weird Sabonis thing, at least Sabonis is good. At least Sabonis has the arrow pointing up. But they went all in on Harden, and they gave up Curry and Drum in the trade we've talked about in this podcast many times. I can't remember a trade looking worse within an eight-week stretch 
that was a big trade that was supposed to change the team than this one. So far, it could flip. Maybe he's saving something for the playoffs. I don't know. But man, the Philly fans in my life are freaking out because it's not just that it seems like they've squandered their chance to be a finals team this year when they're getting this just awesome and beat season. But then long term, you have this extension question and whether they've promised them something already and whether it, you could be in this Westbrook situation down the road where it's year three, four, five of Harden contract and you're paying him like 50 plus million and he's not remotely the same guy anymore. He's just shooting threes and keeping the ball moving around and he can't guard anybody. I don't think they realize that it wasn't about him not really trying that hard in Brooklyn. It was about maybe he's moving into a different phase of his career. That's what I've been seeing for two years now. And there's been excuses left and right. And he's been unhappy and his hamstring hurt and all these different things. But I just don't see a guy who beats people off the dribble like he used to, which was fundamentally what he was all about. Beating people off the dribble, step back threes. And he just doesn't do it anymore in the same way. And athletic teams like Toronto know that they can slow him down or stop him. So this is just heading for one of the weirdest playoffs I think we've had in my lifetime. You, you potentially you could have Miami against Atlanta, Charlotte, or Cleveland. You could have Milwaukee against Brooklyn. And if you're the Celtics, you're sitting there playing Chicago, who's been horrendous against all good teams, who has a negative point differential for the season. The Celtics, I'm sure their dream scenario would be three. And then Philly, whose nightmare scenario would be uh, playing Toronto in the four or five. Uh, and that's just the East. We didn't talk about the West, but man, this Philly thing. this is just one of the, this Harden, from the moment he decided he didn't like playing with Russell Westbrook anymore and wanted out, which is the season after the bubble near the, uh, near Thanksgiving range to now, 18 months, one of the goofiest stretches of any great player. And this guy is a top 50 player all time. He's an MVP. And now he's in a city where if this goes badly, this is a top three city. I wouldn't want things to go badly in, especially if I'm making a lot of money and my team traded a lot and you have another guy on your team that everybody loves. We will see how he responds. Coming up, we're gonna talk Masters with Joe House and Nathan Hubbard. We are live from Augusta. First, Pro Jam. All right, we're taping this 8.15 p.m. We're in Augusta, Georgia. Joe House is here. Nathan Hubbard is here. You can hear them on the Fairway Rolling podcast where yesterday we accurately predicted some of the things that happened at the Masters. We were at the Masters. We had a great time at the Masters. I was going to save the top of this podcast house for us to talk about basketball because we thought Celtics, Bucks, and Sixers, Raptors were going to be these pivotal, decide the two, three, four in the East. But it looks like the Celtics punted on the game. So as we're taping this podcast, unless that changes, the Celtics are going to be a three-seed or a four-seed, which I guess I'm okay with because they're avoiding Brooklyn, right? But if they catch Toronto, 
Well, is, is it, that desirable? It might not be. We'll talk about that later. We'll see how that goes. Let's talk about something that we loved today. Tiger Woods. He's back in our life. We followed him around. We got to see him on the seventh hole. We got to see him for the last four holes. We were pretty close. Um, Nathan, what jumped out at you? Well, I think people today are going to say Tiger's back. And I got a lot of texts saying, he looks great on T. He looks great. We watched enough of him to know that this round should go down as a heroic effort because his body does not look great in any way, shape, or form. We saw him come up the hill on seven. We watched him limp down the hill on two before that. We watched him dragging his ass up 17 and 18. I mean, he. we watched him le- lowering his right shoulder to take weight. I mean, he does not look right. And I, I heard the telecast say, well, he looks big and he's, you know, he's he's got all this energy on the back follow saying, no, this was a heroic round because of the way he just ground out a one under round. That could have been a plus four, plus five. Well, it also could have been a minus three or minus four. Right. He, he left shots out there. And I think to your point, the thing we discussed this a little bit earlier in the week, I think we need to acclimate to the new normal of Tiger, yes. which is this Tiger that's recovering, still recovering. Yeah. From a catastrophic car accident. The thing that um, I felt that surprised me was a a kind of emotion. And it is always that that weird phenomena of a sports hero meaning something personal and evoking, eliciting uh, like an emotional response. But we kind of anticipated that the crowds would would buoy him and, and be behind him. The experience of every single tee that he arrived at was a standing ovation. Yeah. And every single time he arrived at a green, it was a standing ovation. And it was powerful. I mean, I, I, you know, felt myself, you know, both like rooting with all of my being for him to succeed on the holes that we watched. And we we caught a ton of it, which was yeah. really great. Um, but also just, you know, the, a weird like sports satisfaction you know what i mean it's just amazing it, it wasn't rowdy though was it it no, felt it's almost the mothering though it's the masters as he so. walked off 18 through that tunnel you know the last vision that i have of him is him walking through that tunnel on in 2019 when he wins and and there was just this sort of vortex of energy that carried him through everybody out there is just trying to will him to hang in there yeah that was the difference this time because you know, he's had these different stages of his career, right? Where he's like the young pup. And then he was like the invincible mid, you know, early mid up till 2008 guy. And then he was the putting his career and life back together guy, but still had the physical stuff. The guy we watched today, it, it was really memorable. He really seemed like he had like a broken body in a lot of ways. And I don't know if you could see it on TV like we could see it in person. It was just every, because... When you're there, and I hate to do that, when you're there, it's so dip. But when you're there, you can kind of watch these guys when they're not on camera, you know? And like we were on seven and he got up and down really fast. So he putted fast. Then he kind of walked to the side because there were two putts left. And you can see like he can't get comfortable. And I feel like, you know, as somebody who's struggled with bad back stuff over the years, I can always tell when somebody else is uncomfortable, whether it's a back or whatever. The two things that jumped out he he definitely has a limp. Like you can see that on TV, but watching him walk downhill 
when you're putting more pressure on like your tibia, like that he was clearly not comfortable with that. And then the other thing was his shoulder, his posture was different. His right shoulder kind of dips now. And we were theorizing like, you know, he fucked up his right leg and his hip. And so your posture shifts, but just watching him navigate this and his house said he shoots a minus one. He left like three shots on the table. Like even the par set, the, the whole seven that we were at, he had perfect shot and it didn't quite stay up and it lipped down, but it easily, that could have been a birdie, but I, I actually think he played well today house. Yeah. Oh, he, I, he exceeded all expectations in terms of level of play. Now we, we, were, we were worried he wasn't going to be able to walk 8,000 yards. Look, he was 50 yards behind everybody coming off. The he, team. That's, that's, that's another thing. He was never in the front of the pack Always ever last. Like we watched, we walked with DJ and, uh, Colin, who was he with and Colin Markawa. And we were walking in stride with them and they were walking faster than us. Yeah. Like yes. Those are young guys yeah. that were just cruising down the hill. We couldn't keep up because our side was muddy. Tiger was what house 50, 50 feet behind the, every single time the whole day. It, it is funny that um, in terms of the pace of play, it, it kind of suited. He he, he did yeah. have the experience of um, being. I don't recall him having to wait um, at all, and that might have been the function of Bryson and Casey dropped out. Yeah, right. So he had a two man group in, in front of Bryson him, which we Cam felt like, oh, this is good for Tiger. He's not going to have to stand there for right. ten minutes. I can't believe we're going to say this. Each of the last 16 Masters champions has finished the first round at 11th or better. Mm. Tiger Woods is tied for 10th. <laughs> right. The scenario for him is playing out. It is going to be 20 miles an hour tomorrow. Wind blowing with a high of 66, low of 42. That's in the afternoon. Saturday, it's going to be 17 miles an hour and high of 58, low of 39. It is possible that these next two days as that course dries out are just straight up survival and we get into a Sunday sprint when everybody's nervous and Tiger Woods is hanging around the hoop. I Can agree. he do this? Well, 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 we thought when we watched him on the seventh, we were at the seventh for an hour and a half kind of waiting for him, watching all these groups come up. And after we saw him walk up, he had to walk up the hill to seven. And then we were just like, oh man, he's right. not going to be able to last four days. Then we saw him again on 15, 16, 17, 18. Looked the same. He's one of the most mentally tough athletes we've had in our lifetime. And I don't think he cares that he's in pain. He's like, I'm fucking finishing this. You can see it. So we don't know. And I, honestly, maybe he doesn't know either what his um, rebound ability is, right? Like, right. He, we were he, talking about that on the way home. Like, what does he do? Is he probably, he's got, what has he got? Like hyperbaric chamber, hyperbaric message. Well, cryo. That, can you bring that stuff to Augusta? I mean, he definitely has a massage for it. Is it, he just in an ice bath? What's he doing? Yeah, right. But he has the benefit of um, time to rest. He finished at, you know, whatever. Oh, that's true. Yeah. He finished like three o'clock. Yeah. And then, and then, so he, he doesn't go off until tomorrow afternoon. I mean, by he, the time some people listen to this, he might be like plus five. Who knows? We don't know. We just watched the dude walk 8,000 yards. The, the round one split favored the afternoon by 0.79 strokes. Which, by the way, we predicted pretty vociferously on fairway rolling yesterday. So so tomorrow morning, Data Golf's telling us that the morning wave probably has a half a stroke advantage. But that makes his one under look even better, given what, what the morning group did. Now, well, And he also caught some breaks. Like Cam Smith, who starts out plus two, starts birding everything. 
And then we're on the 18th watching him and he, and he double, he just gacks it. He yep. hits it too far, comes back, misses the, all of a sudden he's double bogeys plus four instead of plus six. Berger, who the Sharps were on, started to look really good, had momentum, did the same thing coming into 18 at three under. He doubles and falls back. Yeah. So people, what's it? Five is the lead. DJ never, you know, he got up there, but never like took off to a place that became unrealistic. I don't think Tiger can win the tournament. I'm just going to say that. Yeah. And I don't say that as like a cut this out and put this on social. I just think him getting in the top 10. <laughs> it's not a hot take that the, the Tiger's not going to win no, the no, I'm just, I'm yeah. the, I don't. I'm just not saying it in a way like, listen, I'm, my no. hands are going like I'm on first take. From what I saw today, like if he finishes top 10. It's a win. It's where after we After we're watching yes. Dustin Johnson and these dudes who are just like fucking beasts. Yes, and it's a, it's like a, Tiger just gutting it out would be like incredible. Exactly. Yes. Just just making the cut. I mean, we went through this a couple different times over the shows this week, and our anticipation building for this, and Tiger on on Sunday arriving and saying he's giving it a go, and the practicing, we're getting some feedback that he reached the fifteenth green in two. Like, wait a minute, and then you know Tuesday the press conference arrives and he confirms that he's going to play, and. At that point, like the 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 reasonable expectation is well, the first reaction was what he's playing. Right. <laughs> no, we we had, we'd, we'd had good signs. We'd had a series of good signs I'd, starting from the week before. I'm right, just saying, but, but this is that's a all. pretty recent. Yeah, yeah, in the all, last yeah. three weeks, of a thing week, was no. not on the radar. No, it was not I on was the radar. Betting against it a month ago, but our, our reasonable expectation was not reasonable expectation. Hope. The, 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 our best hope please make the cut how cool would it be if he could make the cut and you know he hasn't done it yet but the first major step towards making the cut was accomplished and it was an extraordinary um round of golf in terms of how sharp his ball striking was especially on the par threes and how vulnerable is the wrong word how kind of untigery he's seen because he doesn't have that aura anymore because he's it, it's I'm trying to think when this has happened in other sports, right? Like it, my default is always to go to Larry Bird. Sorry, guys. Um, but the last <laughs> the last two years of Bird's career when he's wearing the back brace, you know, or like Jordan on the Wizards when his knees are shot and he's still putting up 20 plus a game. Like sometimes you see these great athletes at this advanced stage where now their body's kind of not cooperating with them, but they still have the mental toughness. They still have the hand eye. They still have all these things. They have the experience and all that stuff somehow trumps the broken body. And this, this happens, you know, a couple times a decade, maybe, but this one to me, that's like, that's gotta be one of the most memorable rounds he ever played. You could have told me he was going to stop on the 12th hole and just be like, my leg hurts. I, I got to pack this in. But he had the same aura and kind of like he, he was kind of waving at the crowd, but not really. He was just kind of focused. And he looked like a guy who was like at the end of a long hike who had, you know, whose feet are covered in blisters. And is just like, I see the finish line. I'm just trying to get to the finish line. Don't talk to me. I'm not here to interact. I'm not here to socialize. Just I, I see that down there. I'm going to try to get there. And it was really cool to watch. There are 18 guys under par only. The cut line right now is, well, top 50 in ties is plus two. So you double that for tomorrow. Well, in FanDuel, the cut score is plus three or better is yeah. plus 120. 
So they're the, saying it's either going to be plus three or minus four, which means plus three or plus even, four. If, if even seventy six, he's going to make. If it. the wind comes up tomorrow, which you expect it to do, that cut line is going to be plus four. So I, that I, means he's got he's got a seventy seven to make the cut. I don't want to like get into the specifics. I don't I don't want to tempt the golf gods here, right? Like, okay, house is so weird with this. It's he like. Is. I don't know why you don't want to talk about the he cut line. Sandwiches. Because I gamble on golf. That's I, why. I we it. don't talk about these things. We don't manifest them. We don't speak them into existence. We say to the golf gods, please, uh, we we appreciate and respect your favorable light that you sh- shone down on us today. We, could you please, you know, um, think favorably of us tomorrow? And well, and that's it. That's the end of fine. it as far as what what I'll, you know, ask for and he, hope for and count on. He only hit 50% of his greens today. So he can actually play better tomorrow. It, it was amazing. I, like, I'm trying to think. First of all, no Mickelson on the course either. Okay. And that was the other Did thing. Like, him? we were... We've only I've only been in the Masters in 2018 and today. Mickelson was always kind of the second most popular guy on the course, right? I don't even know who the second guy is now. It's it, the person is 10% of what people cared about. Like we were watching the masses were just following Tiger like he was the leader on the, you know, on well, Sunday. Because, what's insane is the way the the um tea times worked out right. all of the guys that would have been natural um guys of interest were so late in the day like Jordan yeah. Spieth was at the very end of the day and we were out there after Tiger finished and the place was Evacuated. empty yeah people yeah. were like let's go get we something were f- to eat let's front see. of the ropes with yeah. DJ and Morikawa like yeah, we walked and shit we could have we, we walked 10 and 11 um with DJ and Morikawa we could have seen Spieth hit 12 we could have been like you know right there for that <laughs> whatever we wanted yeah, well we got to sit there next to Paulina Speaking of whatever we, saw we wanted Paulina, saw Tracy Wolfson luminous yeah I'd like to use that word luminous um but Feel- yeah it's it the energy of the course when Tiger finished, completely shifted. It did. And I don't know, I was there in 18 and it felt like there, Tiger was obviously there and doing great, but it also felt that way when Mickelson was there. And we also, at that point, we had some of the old legends were there and those guys are starting to fade out of there. Um, let's talk about the course for a second. Cause we'll, we s- hold on, let's oh, yeah. take a break and then we'll do that. This baseball season turn K's into cash and big hits into big wins with FanDuel Sportsbook. Right now, new customers can step up to the plate with a risk-free first bet up to $1,000. I have some fun future bets. As you know, I'm in an American League Keeper League. I know a little too much about the Red Sox in the American League for whatever reason. I love the Red Sox over on FanDuel. 85 and a half wins. The lineup is really good. I believe in the bullpen. I think it's going to be better than people think. And I th- I'm not as worried about it's the starters as some others. I think the Red Sox are going to win between 88 and 92 games. I like that over. I like if you're looking for deep bets, like Bo Bichette to win the MVP, 30 to 1. Toronto shortstop plays every game, possible 30-30 guy. Watch out for him. Eloy Jimenez for most home runs in either league. 25 to 1. I think those are my favorite three. Sign up, place your first bet. FanDuel will refund you up to $1,000 back in site credit if you don't win. There's no better place to bet America's pastime than on America's number one sports book. Our friend, they have parlay insurance. They have great promotions every day. Safe and secure app. Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Sign up using promo code BS to get started with your risk free first bet up to $1,000. Must be 21 plus. Present in select states only. First online. Real money wager only. 
Refund issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Connecticut, 888-789-777. In Colorado, Iowa, Indiana, Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Virginia, 1-800-GAMBLER. In Michigan, 800-270-7117. 1-877-770-STOP. In Louisiana, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. Tennessee red line is 800-889-9789. And in West Virginia, 1800-GAMBER.net. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer partner of the NBA. It's just what you need to sit back and enjoy the game. And they're also getting fans closer to the game than ever. You can win exclusive NBA prizes like courtside seats, signed memorabilia, and more. I love Michelob because of how light it is. It's only 95 calories with 2.6 carbs. You know what the perfect time for Michelob Ultra is? A little doubleheader, a little NBA doubleheader. Right at first half of the first game. I don't know, West Coast time, that's usually about 5 o'clock, 5.30, perfect time for a beer. You can do it. Grab a pack to enjoy today. Learn more and enter for your chance to win at MichelobUltra.com slash courtside, LDA, 21 and up. All right, coming back. So. I want to talk Tiger more, but we, it was thunderstorms here last night and we were like, what's going to happen with this course? The, obviously they're the best at this, but it was a water slide and (laughs) the course itself seemed perfect. Although it was wet, everything was just sticking. And then the walking around, which we thought was going to be the muddiest, worst experience ever. Honestly, it wasn't that bad, but the course, um, the morning played harder in the afternoon. I don't know where we go going forward with this, Nathan. Well, we sat there on seven and watched as the course dried out, right? Yeah. This was the best observation Bill Simmons made Thank of, you. Of, of the entire this is day. Where I was trying to go. Yeah. We, we Other than that, the house shouldn't have the oysters. That was my other best observation. I, I had the oysters yesterday. <laughs> the the <laughs> on the front side, every pin from one through six was exposed to the sun. The pin on seven today was under the trees, under the canopy, in the shadows until, I don't know, but basically after Tiger's group came through. So yes. whatever time that was in, in the afternoon. And for the people listening who haven't been to a tournament, I'm sure some people have, but not everybody. When you stay in a hole, it's amazing to watch everybody make the same mistakes with the putts. Yeah. Everybody reads it the same way, completely wrong. And we were at on seven, the ball kept rolling to one of two spots. And one of the spots was closer to the fairway, front of the sand trap. And everybody thought the putt was breaking one way and it just didn't. And then they would stare at it completely confused. This has been our experience. Every time we've ever stayed at a hole for like two hours, everybody, and you almost think like, why don't they just ask the gallery, right. hey, man, how's this, how's this breaking? <laughs> Not technically legal. Not technically legal. But, but the, that hole sitting in the shade meant that it didn't dry out. And so everybody left it short because yeah. the grass was catching it. So that and became a hard hole. As soon as the sun hit it, you saw the, the hole start to change. It became faster. And when the wind goes up tonight with the subterranean air and the sun tomorrow, this course is going to be harder and faster. The easiest it's going to play was this morning. Well, and two other holes that we noticed are just different, which we mentioned on the uh, on the fairway rolling the uh, the fifteen fifteen, which kind of just a hole now. It's 
Well, yeah, it's everybody Matt, lays up on 15 in we, the old we, days. It was like, Matt, is he going to go for it? Is he going to lay up? What's only, he going to do? We Nobody's saw, laying. We only saw Cameron Young go for it. The young stud, the kid from Wake Forest who crushed the, the, Wake, the, the, uh, the Corn Ferry Tour. Yeah, and, and he hit a three wood from the fairway to win the water. The, the, right. wind, the wind's going to be out of the west from here. It, it, it's dead into it, and it played harder. Last five well, years. Well, they moved it. So they moved the tee back, what, 20 yards, 20 yards, yes. 15 yards? And so now everybody's laying up. Last five years, that hole played 4.7 average strokes to par, you know, par five. This year or this round, it was 4.82. That's not a huge move, but it's enough to tell you they were having to stay back as opposed to go. We, we saw almost no eagle putts on that hole all day. Well, the point we made yesterday on Fairway Rolling was just like if on Sunday when you're watching this and you're thinking, oh man, he's two back but if he can eagle 15 it's like i don't know if people are eagling 15 i wonder if they're going to move that tee up on sunday mm. you can't you so they can't can. change the tee can oh, you oh yeah 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 the 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 mark the tradition of, I don't of the like masters that. is you know to create scoring opportunities on the back nine what do they call it the second nine pardon me second justin nine. ray help help clean me up a little bit oh, yeah uh, earlier this week but yeah this i call it the back the second this nine way on Sunday or the back has some scoring opportunities to to create that drama. I mean, well, that, the other thing we noticed when we stood right behind where they hit in the 18. They moved that back a little bit, too. Oh. And holy moly, I, everybody. I can't tell you guys listening how harrowing that hole is. And you saw multiple people trees, including Brooks near the end. Speech just tiger. It, I can't look. These guys are the best. I'm always amazed constantly when I'm at a tournament, how they don't, how they aren't afraid of just hitting somebody who's standing right there, like slicing it into the crowd and killing somebody. You, you think all these things, like there's people talking, there's people moving, there's people clapping on different holes. The amount of concentration you need to do that at the highest level. And then you look at the 18th hole and this like, basically they have, it's like a needle in a haystack trying to hit through that. And you think, imagine the pressure you're up one, you just one good drive and you're going to get a par and you're going to win the masters and just looking straight ahead at that. And those two trees on each side that are kind of bending in. It's crazy. It's, 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 it's extremely it's, intimidating. It's disturbing. <laughs> it's like, Oh my God, I, I'm disturbed. <laughs> well, and, and, and Cam Smith who made eight birdies today and I think had the round of the day, even though Sung Jay finished at minus five and Cam only finished at minus four, but it, it, he started with a double. He finished with a double bookend doubles and Bizarre. still shoots four under. I mean, it, there does feel like this generational transfer that's happening here. We've known that we've got these young guys coming. We've got Scotty Scheffler, Sung Jay and Cam Smith finished tied for second here before. So, it, but this feels like now the validation that they're ready to step up and be, be that guy, not just a guy who wins two, you know, it, wins travelers and the Amex, but steps up and actually contends in. Well, majors. wait a minute. It's a pretty rich leaderboard, right? It it's has beautiful. a combination a of leaderboard. Masters winners in the form yes. of D Dustin Johnson and and Danny Willett. Oh, oh! Now you're giving credit to Dustin Johnson, the, I, the Bubble Lakers master. No. Yeah, you wouldn't even let me bet on Dustin Johnson. <laughs> I, I they had did. a stat we today: is the best score since 2015 at Augusta after today. Of anyone. I don't know why you guys are talking shit at me. I'm just talking about, like, it's not time yet, not after Thursday. We're not crowning anybody. To confer to the younger, because you have you have Kevin Na sitting here, you know, top top 10, 
uh, going along Connors. With, with yeah, uh, and Jason Kokrak, his best finish in this thing is like, I think he has a top fifty finish, but that's the best he's ever done in the Masters. I just think that those guys, Scheffler, Cam Smith, Sung Jay, and you're right, DJ had the best rounds of the day. Okay. Like the other rounds were grind them outs. Those guys left a bunch of strokes out there. The, there are two heroes today, though. Tiger Woods and Varner, who bogeyed <laughs> four of the first nine holes and somehow finished minus one. <laughs> <Hit an> eagle? <laughs> well, he he had an eagle that um, Nate and I were, were, were watching on Screaming 13 yeah. that looked like it had a chance to be an albatross. It was approaching the hole. We were like, get in the hole. It was such yeah. a great shot. Another sort of iconic pine straw shot, potentially. Varner was like Jordan Poole in a Warriors game. He's just like, <laughs> yeah. I'm sitting threes. He's airballing. What's yeah. this guy up to? <laughs> look, look, Cam Smith today had 5.4 shots gained approach. That was 2.3 strokes better than anyone else in the field. Taylor well, the, Gooch was second. So, and the other thing, watching like Cam Smith and some of these other young guys and then watching tiger and you're just like watching these guys i mean cam smith could have played 54 holes today yeah tiger could have played 18 holes today (laughs) and probably really like 14 holes it was interesting to see dj and cam smith there you and i talk about this they're kind of the same side of the coin in terms of personality obviously different countries but they play amnesia golf they're not men of many words you know who also fits that is, is Scheffler, right? Yes. Just this quiet mind. There's, there's these guys with this quiet mind kind of uh, uh, approach, it seems, that that it may, certainly makes sense in the context of the Masters. I, I want to, we're going to do more Tiger. We, we should probably tiger. talk about the leader at some point. Well, Songjae, he, he's he's super high quality. I mean, he's tied for second at the Masters in, yeah. in 2020 in November. I'm just saying, and we're he's, at the 21-minute mark. We haven't mentioned five yet. He's minus five. By tomorrow, who knows? Five but he was, he was steady yeah. the whole day. Yeah. yeah. He's finished second here before. High quality. Let's see him finish this one out. And we said, you know, um, he's on the correct side of the draw. He he caught the... Yeah. He's part of the late draw, and now he gets to go play in the morning before the wins really get um, whipping and Yeah, that ripping. seems like such a big advantage this year. He's also, by the way, a dispassionate golfer in the same way that Cam and DJ and Scheffler are and that he doesn't seem to get too emotional. You've never seen him slam clubs down. That's so. right. But the, the, on that quiet mind point, do you guys think that there is any possibility that Tiger would have tried to go play in any other tournament other than the Masters no. at this stage? I do not. It's just the Masters that he, that he would be even willing to try in terms of this this stage of his recovery, right? I, I think you're right. I mean, we can speculate that maybe he would have gone and done St. Andrews. I mean, look, I just think back well, to... Well, he could still do St. Andrews. I'm just saying, like... I, yeah, I mean, look, he, he won the U.S. Open on a broken leg. I keep thinking about that. I'm that's not what sure. We t- we're talking about that on the course, because you were like, I can't believe this guy's doing it. And we were like, well, he has a way of, like, just whatever kind of pain he's in, he can kind of compartmentalize it. I think this might be worse. Oh, it's worse. It's, the way he's holding this himself. Is the, this is Ben Hogan after Ben Hogan. This is, you know, yeah, that, right. that that analog makes perfect sense. He, like, you know, he almost died in a car crash. I mean, it was not, interesting watching him just stand when he wasn't putting. Right. And he would always put his weight on the other leg. Which, yeah, he you know, And that was it. He wasn't, like, standing straight. He didn't seem happy ever. Um, and he was just kind of doing what he had to do to keep the keep the round going. It's four and a half hours. You're standing the whole time. You're walking 8,000 yards. You have to stop. You're going to, you know, swing 72 times plus all the practice stuff. And he's got to do it three more days. Did anybody play themselves out today? We got Morikawa and Rory. Well, let's talk, let's talk about Beefy Bryson. Okay. 
Because so I, I think you guys were everything. saying all week, this is a cross off. What's I bet on him not to make the cut, which was like plus 155. And you were like, he's a mess. He's even Bryson said I'm 80%. He and he shot a 77. He has to shoot even par or better tomorrow. Can he do it? Uh, the thing what did that you see? Is, is so surprising to, to me, and it is a function of his lack of practice that is a direct result of his inability to practice because he's he's hurt but the touch the tiger had like has tiger been secretly practicing for three months his approach on 18 i think, I think the way has. he saved par on 18 yeah no, that, up and, on that up and down on seven was ridiculous Wearing no ridiculous. glove i didn't understand yeah but. but that touch and and bryson had none of that bryson um just is so rusty still. It's not yeah. any one aspect of his game that's letting him down. He was good at tallying the sand off that when the sand <laughs> shot on the, the green. He was the best. All the guys we saw, that with there's some guy that comes out on these holes because if you hit it out of the sand trap, the sand goes on the green. Splashes onto the green. And we called it like this. What did we call it? The splooger? <laughs> you called it. The, the, the splo The guy with the splooger would come out and it was this really long thing and he would just kind of whack the sand off. And I well, was like, it, I want this for my house. It, it's like to hit my kids it's, with it's it. It's like a crumb comb, right? Is the, when you're sitting at a fi at fine Where do dining, I buy this? The bread, the bread crumb comb. And there were multiple sploogers. They came out and, well, and splooged the course. Anybody that went in the sands necessarily splooged, yes. It led to the best thing we saw when we spent an hour and a half at the seventh hole, which was Matthew Wolf. For some reason, just we didn't even know he tried he broke a club on like the fourth or fifth hole. Yes. Um trying to putt out of a sand trap for some reason. Doesn't get out. Yeah. Hits it. He seems like he's mad at his caddy, but then for some reason tries to unsplooge the sand. And Mackenzie Hughes is trying to putt. And Mackenzie Hughes kind of gets mad at him. Not kind of. And then Matthew Wolf kind of got mad that Mackenzie Hughes got mad. And then he just got super mad. And then he he made his thing and he walked out. He kind of walked off, kind of stomped off through his yeah. club at the grave. It was very strange. They, they, you see some strange things when you're there in person. I hope that the Netflix show is going to capture all this because there was a lot of drama on the course today, to say the least. But yeah, Matthew Wolf, uh, who, who did not play well today, is carrying some darkness. And I say that not laughingly because... because no, he got, he's, he, a, he's working on stuff. He's having he, some he, issues. He, yeah. he, he says. He, yeah. You could see it on the course. Yeah, he got in here because of his sort of out-of-nowhere performance in the PGA. But, uh, but then... That darkness seemed to be infecting Colin Morikawa at some point as we were waiting for him. Yeah, to we go. thought it was like it follows where it just jumped from Wolf to and, Morikawa. And, and this is where I'm sort of looking at the leaderboard going, did somebody play out play themselves out of it? Because there are guys who aren't in the top 11. Bryson but, did. But nobody, I, well, nobody ran away with it today. So Bryson's, got, not, Bryson's not shooting a minus 13 the next three rounds to get back in. Yes. Because what is minus 10, minus 11 is going to yes. win? Morikawa and Rory are at plus one. Rom, Spieth, and Xander, who, by the way, had no birdies today, are at plus two. Kepka's at plus three. Are they out of it? I mean, I, I, they're only seven No, I, I would say anyone no. plus two or better is, is still in this. Yeah. You know, the winning score, Fando has a winning score bet, minus 11 or better, minus 120. I don't know if we see a minus 11 I this weekend. I don't know either with the wind. Yeah. Well, the, the real... Um, question always comes down to the behavior of the weather on Sunday. Yeah. And right now the forecast is extremely favorable. It's gorgeous. 
So if the if the, there's somebody in there in the range of like if they just get to like seven or eight yeah. on Saturday and they sixty six each. Yeah, exactly. Somebody comes out and drops a sixty six and then you're at, at the the traditional masters kind of number between twelve and sixteen under. That's the a masters winner. One talking about people physically and how they look, thought Brooks looked really good. Yeah. Physically he looked great. Yeah. And, Brooks, was, and he also like looked poised. Back. To, to go run away with it, but he completely fell apart on the back. The back, just, yeah. Ugh. What was what was the 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 streak uh, for for, for Brooks just, on the back? He, he made uh, he made bogeys on 11, 12, and thirteen, and then seventeen and eighteen. Yeah, I mean, he was he five just fell over apart. on the back, plus three somehow. He was looking well, good when looked, we saw. Yeah, him. he looked yeah. like he was going to pull together and, and and physically good. Fleetwood looks as fucking handsome as ever. What a handsome guy. <laughs> Do you have a vote on the on the just Victor pants him. from today? Oh, Hovland. He had he a horror show. Yeah, he was. He hit in the azaleas at one point. Yes. He had well, a... I, it depends on whether you want a glass half full or glass half empty with Hovland because he ended up even and he was all over the, the joint. Uh, you know, he, he he can tell you a lot about the woods. Hovland ended up at even. Yeah, he, he double bogeyed 11 with a three putt from like, you know, uh, what 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 was it? you know four feet yeah exactly yeah he missed a couple shorties but here's the thing and and i really Brooks wish the same. some the, somebody in in these camps the, his sponsors or whatever needs to go and say in the history of the fucking masters nobody has showed up in in fucking stripe jogging pants that 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 you know um stop at your ankle and and, and and pink jogging pants and and won the goddamn golf tournament in the history of this fucking tournament. You can't show up. There was like up. a weird design on his butt cheek. What are you doing? Yeah, that you you're not you can't show up on Thursday and like oh I'm going to I hope to win this golf. No, no motherfucker. You are not not dressed like that. Not at this golf tournament. By the way, I forgot to tell the audience Drunk House is here. Um <laughs> I felt that way about it Higo. Just made me so mad. Higo, Higo looked like he nah. was dressed by somebody's grandfather. He belatedly you know, you to go like play golf. Shirt. That's a. That's I didn't a like shirt his shirt that's in style. You liked his finish. You liked his finish. Higo's though. all right. We, yeah. we were talking about who's going to be the hot young golfer this year. Meaning hot, like all of a sudden they're, you know, one and of the last of, three twosomes. out of the nowhere uh, kind of, of nowhere you guy. know unexpected name. Yeah, that you would. Higo is on the list. Let's uh, let's take a break. We want to talk more about um, the experience of being at the Masters. This episode is brought to you by Simply Safe. Summer is all about fun vacations, but I know that being away from home can be stressful. So many things can happen. That's why I like to recommend Simply Safe, a award-winning security that can help give you peace of mind when you're away. The only thing you should worry about while you're on vacation is having too much fun. Having my home, it's great. Couldn't work better. I think Simply Safe is the best because it comes with a variety of indoor and outdoor cameras, sensors to detect break-ins, fires, floods, and more. It's backed by 24-7 professional monitoring for less than a dollar a day. It's given me, my family, many others, real peace of mind. I'm waiting to have it too. Try it out. A 60-day money-back guarantee. No contracts right now. Get 20% off any Simply Safe system with fast protect monitoring. At simplysafe.com slash BS. That is simply safe with two S. Simplysafe.com slash BS. There's no safe like Simply Safe. This episode is brought to you by Burger King, which has the greatest commercial song I think I've ever heard. The ultimate hunger hack has arrived, my friends. BK's Royal Crispy Wraps 
Choose from four bold flavors, classic, spicy, honey mustard, and the new, drumroll please, fiery buffalo. Oh yeah, I'm getting that one. They're only, only just $2.99 each because at BK, have it your way, you roll. Try Royal Crispy Wraps at Burger King, $2.99 each. Price and participation vary, U.S. only. All right, so said this the last time, I'm going to repeat it. And then I, I did a lot of self-evaluation the last two days at, the, at Augusta. Okay. Because, you know, you have a lot of time. You're just kind of hanging yes. out. Just killing time, especially like we're on the, you know, we're on the seventh pole for an hour and a half. We're on 15 and 16 waiting for Tiger to come down for an hour. And, you know, instinctively you want to look at your phone. Like I, I'm bored. Nothing's happening for this minute of my life. I'm what's going on. I'm going to see if I got a text. See, if, oh, somebody emailed me. I got to look at my phone. I got to look at my phone. The masters is like a detox center. Yeah. They take your phones before you even get on the course. Nobody has a phone. Nobody has anything. And you, you get used to it after about an hour, but during that hour, it's like, it's like coming off heroin. Yeah. I'm touching my back pocket every 30, 40 seconds. It's, Cause I it's, feel there's it's nothing alarming. in there. Yeah. So I guess my question is like, do we, is technology ruining us? Because it takes me an hour to just feel normal again in a golf tournament, to not have my phone. I, for an hour, I'm completely discombobulated. Like, what does that say about me? I think you, you're the same as everybody. Um, I what find does that it, say about us? It's enormously refreshing. It yes. is such yeah. a weight off the shoulders. And, you know, the only thing that you have to be careful about is making sure that all the people in your life who've grown accustomed to kind of instant Get feedback to be available. know that you're going to be off the grid for some period of time. But that, that's just a close circle of friends and loved ones, business folks. And you can let them all know. They know where you are. You're, you're... You know what? I'm, I'm starting a new thing. What is it? I, I'm just, I'm not going to take my phone places. Go, like go to a Clipper game. <laughs> we always have this thing. I need my phone. Got to have it. What if something happens? It's like, well, we were just at the Masters for eight hours. We got out, gave the lady the check, got the phone. Yeah, I had a bunch of texts, some work stuff happened. It was fine. I caught up in 10 minutes. It didn't need my phone for those eight hours. It reintroduces moments of serendipity. It's like going to college in the 90s. That, that's yeah. one of the yeah, best. Yeah, we ran into we, friends. Yes. Yeah, you just have we to. We ran into our guy Vino from you, CAA. You it was to, like, hey, you have Vino! Pick, yeah. You have to pick physical landmarks where maybe we'll meet. Like, I left you guys to go to the bathroom at the part three Hey, we contest. didn't know if we'd see you again. We, we might not have seen each other until dinner. And that was okay. It was okay. We were going to be fine. It's like, Nathan, text us when you get out of the port of John. I'll I'll be waiting for your text. I have my ringer on. This is a tour of of like, you know, a a path down old guy, old guy radio. It's not old guy radio. This is, this is everybody's life right now. I'm just talking about in the, the old, the days of us in college where we look back and say, (laughs) it's a goddamn miracle that we ever saw each other. I know. How, how do we do well, we... it? It did feel like a miracle when we did see each other. It's like, <laughs> hey, it's house. But we were saying like, what would happen if we took our three sons to the masters? And it, it became a conversation of who would have the biggest meltdown and who would want to leave first because they didn't have their phone. And it's like, what? we're doing something wrong just in, in, in life. And yeah, I'm going to really make a concerted effort to not be on my phone. The masters, 
It's like going to rehab. Yes, they try to uh, help addictive personalities by replacing the technology with alcohol and egg salad sandwiches. <laughs> right. <laughs> what happens is I'm going to weigh 300 pounds because I'm going to eat and we drink every day, but for, I won't be on my phone. It'll be great. We can't do that for our son. So it, yeah, it, it's, uh, it's a conundrum, but it has been refreshing and wonderful, and I wish more of life was like, like this. Did we really miss anything today? What happened? I'm I'm barely a third of the way through the text and yeah. email, so I don't yeah, know, but it know. doesn't feel like it. There was <laughs> it's like Anthony Davis was saying there's some story about, hey, I don't know, maybe I'll get traded, but you know, I had two fluke injuries and it's like, all right. I didn't know about that story for eight hours. Was I okay? Yeah, probably. The lesson is everybody should experience the masters once in their life. I think more more events should just be like, don't take your phone. Yeah. We're taking it. You don't get like, like concerts should, at, we, I mean, I know I'm preaching the choir on this one, Nathan. Yeah. Music concerts, you just shouldn't have your phone. Watching these people video, now I sound like an old guy. Watching these people videotaping the person on stage or just watching the person on stage is one of the weirdest things that's evolved in our society since we've been alive, I think. I don't know. I, I, it is a conundrum because, you know, you guys in the entertainment business, the authenticity of folks participating in those events. Right. You feel like you have to be in the conversation. And then, you know, it is a fun way to connect with people like, oh, they posted something. Oh, you, they were into that show. That's cool. And then maybe you read the text. Hey, I saw you were at the, like, in fact, I got texts. But about, guess what? At the Masters, really fun to just watch the golfers it. versus yeah. like, hey, Tiger's there. I'm videotaping it that, with my phone. There For sure. something, you didn't have to deal with those people. There is something different to the energy of a crowd when everyone is focused on the same thing. We it's are all sort call. of chemically wired to be together. It's what creates that energy of right. a crowd. And it gets it, it, it gets diluted sometimes when people are distracted by their phone. I'm actually less bothered by the t capturing content of it because at least the person's focused than I am when half the people are distracted. Today on that 18th green, as Tiger was grinding out one final par for an absolutely heroic round, every single pair of eyes in that place was on the same thing and there is something wonderfully connective and human about that that's also, what makes the masters great it also does both the the you know the, the genteel civility of the crowd like everybody knows how to behave only mm. one asshole the entire time yelling get in the hole right. and then he had to be over my fucking shoulder like <laughs> seriously bro i i mean it, you know i didn't fortunately i had not had enough uh, uh vodka at that point to to Make I yelled at a couple of tigers after he. Yeah, because did stuff. everybody That's was fine. yelling out "tiger" when he That's did fine. successful things. No oh, and I yelled at Morikawa, "Hey, get your fucking shit together! <laughs> we have a lot of money on you. <laughs> what are you doing?" No, I, we, we're, no we, we didn't say we that. We're very supportive. We believe in college. Yeah, we walked with him a couple holes just to show our faith he in him. Fine. He's got a bounce back round in them fine. tomorrow. He's got a bounce back round in them tomorrow. I know it. Yes. I love the civility that Nathan mentioned. I like the fact that we were all locked in on one thing instead of scattered on a million things. I liked having conversations with people. The conversations would naturally end without somebody looking at their phone. And then maybe they would pick up again a minute later. Um, and there's no performance. That was the other thing I wanted to talk about. Like nobody's trying to perform for their phone or perform for, you know, right. whatever their audience of, of friends. It was also nice post pandemic just to see a lot of faces. Although there was a couple of pandemic moments, like we were in a big crowd once and somebody coughed and it was like a deep 
kind of it deep recesses of the lungs it, cough. And I was just like, I am getting away from that. It, it, wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't just one cough. That's yeah, why. it was. Like, so there's still Ugh. like that, that residue. And come on. It's still weird when you're, when you're huddled with people that like, oh, this person's right behind me and they don't yeah. have a mask on. And then it's even weirder when somebody had a mask on. Nick, like, what are you doing? <laughs> I thought we're okay here. Yeah. We're outdoors. Anyway. Um, Food. Oh boy. <laughs> are we starting? Oh with, no. Are we starting with the midnight pizza order or no? no. So, th- so House Jacoby asked. Jacoby was texting us and he asked House, "What are you eating and drinking?" He made the mistake of. of I asking didn't put that. any drinks in. I didn't. didn't I didn't want to put that in writing. House texted back last twenty four hours of eating. This was at six thirty. This eating. is true because I witnessed all of this. Oh. BLT and egg sandwich. Shrimp cocktail, oysters, gumbo, steak sandwich, banana foster, bread pudding, sweet pepper gnocchi, wedge salad, tenderloin and scallop, blueberry cheesecake, pepperoni extra cheese dominoes, short rib quesadilla, egg salad sandwich, pimento cheese sandwich, and a chicken Caesar salad. You didn't have the the strawberry shortcake? I didn't get a bite of it. Ah. Sorry about that. No, you you offered it. So we go to we go to a really nice dinner with with our friends at FanDuel last night. Multiple courses. Like, I definitely felt like I was stuffed at the end of it. We get home and House is like, we got to get pizza. <laughs> and we order Domino's and he decides he can't decide between Brooklyn or Thin Crust and just orders two pizzas. So now all of a sudden Brooklyn and Thin Crust. By the way, the Brooklyn style was delicious. Yeah, was, with the extra cheese. Very, yeah, helps. I was very yeah. surprised how Ooh, good yeah, that was. Yeah. This is not a Domino's plug. But I, no, I, well, you I, know. As, as people listening know, I, I'm a Domino's well, defender. And, and our friend Dave Chang, who we felt like we we, yeah. we we immediately FaceTimed him to show him our Domino's. Yeah, we had to. Every he time I have Domino's, I think of Dave. Yeah, yeah, he was really he proud. He really was. Yeah. So you had a full dinner and then Domino's. And this was after we ate and drank all day. I don't understand so how you. you do it. So did you. You had some. No, I Nate felt bullied. Some. Honestly, I felt bullied. Everyone was having pizza. <laughs> it was I felt bullied. I loved it. It's it was really a good. Great, great way to go. And to I didn't that. even mention all the drinks you had. There were wine, and there was. Well, the one thing that I I'm surprised by is the the rate. How can I have two Bloody Marys tier one every time? Every time we I sit don't understand down, how you drink Bloody the Bloody Marys. Marys that fast. It's I like to savor the Bloody Mary. It's like a delicacy, and you drink it like well, like, you know why? Because like, it's like it's food, right? It, it, it does. It it drinks like a meal. That's why I, it goes. I was like still fast. putting horseradish in mine. Hey, mine was gone. And I was ready for the second. I've talked about this before, but the horseradish is so important to me. You did a great I job. I like it to be like a little pinkish, like pink yellowish when you go. Nathan was, I mean, you, you have nothing to be ashamed of with your eating performance either. You mean the fact that I had to wake up, go for a run and... <laughs> Yeah, sure. Go to the bathroom the in the first, woods. Because yeah. I ate yeah. the pizza we did last tweet that out I... this morning. Yeah, Nathan went jogging this morning and had an issue and had to go in the woods. It was going to be a, a, a very positive day for having to do with all woods. Anything having to do with woods, Tiger Woods, the w- Nathan woods. in the woods. We knew it was going to turn out. Bryson in the woods. <laughs> Bryson. Yeah. When Bryson kept going in the woods, we were saying he was pulling a Nathan <laughs> anytime we saw him. Um, yeah, so we had, I don't know. It's, it's the there's people are super nice here. It's almost nine. Every time it's I come to the, Domino's time. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I come to the South, I'm always like, they just they figured some stuff out here. The air feels nice. Southern spring. Hay fever, not awesome. Everyone should experience the Masters. Yeah. All right. We'll take uh, one more break. 
This episode is brought to you by Lincoln in the all new 2024 Nautilus Hybrid, featuring a customizable 48 inch panoramic display, available Revel audio system, and available perfect position front seats with active motion massage. Oh my God. The world isn't wide enough. Visit lincoln.com to learn more. Some models, trims, and features may not be available or may be subject to change. Check with your local retailer for current information. Lincoln and Nautilus are trademarks of Ford or its affiliates. This episode is brought to you by Verbo. You know, it is already stressful enough to deal with airports, delayed flights, bad weather. You want your actual where you're staying experience to be perfect, to be lights out. You don't want to have to worry about anything. When you book a vacation rental, you want to know exactly what you're paying ahead of time. The stress of getting hit with unexpected cleaning fees after your stay that can immediately cancel out all the great time you just spent unwinding. Thankfully, when you book with Verbo, you can see the total price upfront. There are no unpleasant surprises and the savings do not stop there, my friends. When you book with Verbo, you earn 2% cash back toward your next vacation through the One Key Rewards program, letting your money do the work for you while you've got your feet up. So while other vacation rentals can feel like a roll of the dice, relax knowing you booked a Verbo. Book your next private vacation rental in the Verbo app. All right, so FanDuel put the master's odds for the rest of the weekend, and we're going to try to figure this out for you, the home listener. Cam Smith favored right yeah. now, five to one. I guess he has to be. Yeah. Yeah. Because of the eight birdies. But man, is he going to have another round with eight birdies? I mean, he, eight birdies, a lot of birdies. Last time we saw him, he was winning the players. So he's beaten all these guys. He won in Hawaii. He's beat the best guys twice this year already. It's a good um, number for, for Cam because of the ball striking that number that Nate mentioned, coupled with what we know he's capable of putting wise. He literally is, you know, one of the best putters at Augusta mm. that I've ever, you know, had had the pleasure of watching. He does seem in complete command for a fairly young guy. Um, so Cam's five to one. Dustin's plus six fifty. Scheffler plus seven fifty. Um, Im is plus nine fifty. Cantlay's thirteen to one. No. How is Neiman seven to one? No. Connor's twenty eight to one. And it goes down. Rom thirty one to one. Zalatoris, 34 to 1. Daniel Berger. What happened? 44 to 1. I want to see Willie Z. What happened to Willie Z? Why is he all the way down to 34? Well, because he made some bogeys down the back. Down the just at the end, we were he, he, very he, bullish he, on his performance he, he during had the a, day. Yes. And Morikawa is 37 to 1. That was 40 to 1. So there's been some action on him. But um You don't like Danny Willett at 55 to 1? No, I don't. At, at all those guys. I got to say, DJ really jumped out to me today. <laughs> yeah, number. You, no you said it. We, That's what first of all, plus There's 650. No yeah. Um, his family were there, which we saw in the 10th. Everybody just seemed in a great spot. He seemed super confident. He seemed physically perfect. Yes. He's, you know, eye test wise, we think like basketball. I think the big eye test sports basketball, tennis, golf, baseball, when you're, when you're actually just kind of, you can really, check out he just jumps out if you knew nothing about golf you would just assume you would stare at him for 30 seconds you would watch him hit a couple shots and you would be like is that one of the best guys that has to be right let me ask nathan what would have to befall dj over these next three rounds what has to happen to knock him off of the confident stride 
and and by confidence stride, I'm talking about being in complete control of, of his game. Even the bogey on 17, he's like, I hit a good shot. Yeah, it, it went over. It was right. a tiny, the tiniest of misjudgments, but it's like I didn't even hit a bad shot. The, the only thing for me is in every interview we've heard, he's talking like he's on the ascent, and that he knows he's been digging it out from a lower place which tells me that he isn't at 100% confidence level. He says I, it, it's getting better. It's starting to get into shape, which I think he trusts that process very well because he's DJ. But th that's the only piece is if he, if he regresses a slight bit because it's a two-step forward, one-step back process always for most golfers. You just that, That's just in terms of, of a confidence notion. Y yeah. I mean, if the game slips just a little, you could see him you could see him take a step back, but I, I think right now, I mean, what is he to top 10 for crying out loud? Well, it's against, it's going to be my, we got to pay juice. I'm sure. On, is there on a that. chance I mean, that the, he doesn't the finishing positions? Yeah, yeah. He's plus plus one fifteen to be top five. I mean, yeah, he's so you got to lay minus on one ninety five to be plus 10. God. I have an, a theory on this too. Cause you know, we get to watch all these different threesomes when today, when they were going, we saw, we probably saw what 20, 20 threesomes. Yeah over the course of our And time. it's always interesting to me how they interact or how they don't interact, right? Like with Tiger, first of all, Tiger was 50 feet behind everybody at all times. So there wasn't a lot of interaction, but then you yeah. see the other ones, like we saw, we mentioned the Matthew Wolf thing that happened. Yes. There's other ones where they're just, they're not talking at all. Like Cam Smith and Bryson, not a lot of like <laughs> story like time <laughs> for either guy there. They're just doing their own thing. It was like watching two people, like two ships passing the night. Yeah. I mentioned this because DJ was playing with Morikawa and Billy and they had kind of an energy to mm -hmm. them. It was, they were like, almost like felt a little Ryder cuppy. They seemed like they were buddies. We watched DJ and, and Morikawa walk down 10 together and talk the whole time. And they get to play together tomorrow is my point. He just seemed really comfortable even with the guys he was playing with. They got paired at the Ryder Cup. Yeah. And kicked everybody's ass. Right. They so are Adidas. They are tailor-made. If DJ has friends... It's Colin Morikawa on the golf course. You least. could see it. Great draw for, for DJ in, in that respect, right? Yes. Not that there's anybody that that I think would could possibly get under DJ's skin. No, that, in a that's draw. the most. I've well, seen then everyone loves on Billy course. too, because so and Billy he, talks. He's yeah. the best. DJ had an approach on ten, which we got to watch, and it was hard to tell whether it stayed up or not because it was a friend thing, and if it didn't stay up, it was going to roll down. And Billy was up ahead because he'd use driver, and he turned around. He's like. It stayed on. Like he was kind of excited for him. And I was like, oh, you guys all like each other. Yeah. <laughs> like it's we just watched all these people who don't talk. Well, and, and Billy's walking down. Now we were up right up against the ropes and some um fans are yelling out, Go, go, Billy, you know, go go gators. He's like, Thanks, guys. Yeah, He's he like, he yeah. seems like top five coolest guy on the tour, just I, from watching from before. It's just a reminder of what a bonding experience that Ryder Cup really is. Cause yeah. I think Colin Morkawa saw DJ do 100 shots that night after they won. They've been partners <laughs> twice. They kicked everybody's ass, and and here they are, and it, it's helping them through a major. See, I, I think that um, the reason that DJ is a great value right now as a potential winner is because he is past all of the things that gave him a hard time in terms of the technical aspects mm -hmm. of getting around this golf he course. He knows the golf course. He's so comfortable in it, and he went out and shot 20 under on it, in this, in November of 2020, yeah, and just you know, um, I thought you said that one didn't count, House. It, it, here's it, it, it I thought you put that next to that Lakers bubble title. 
<laughs> no fans. House is like, I belt. don't acknowledge it that title. It counts in reps. Notches on the belt. It counts in reps of, of him going around that golf course feeling very, very comfortable. Like nothing that he's going to confront is going to knock him off his stride. Tiger's post-round interview today, he said he warmed up horribly. And then he said, but my dad always said, did you accomplish the goal? The goal was, did you warm yourself up? And the answer is yes. And he said, so I just said, I know where to hit it. Go out and do it. DJ, when he gets on that first tee, he knows where to hit it every time. Well, you think he's 37 years old. He's only won two majors. I say only, even though a lot of people haven't won any majors. But U.S. Open, he won once. Masters, he won once. He's DJ to fear. Bubble Masters doesn't even really count for a house. Um, <laughs> this is right around the time you guys start adding some titles. I would say mid to late 30s for a golfer. This is like the last wave. You hit your 40s, body starts to change a little, a little older. A little Young achy. guy's coming up now. Um, I still think he's the most, you guys know more about golf than I do. I still think he's the most talented golfer that we have. Well, so his single Not biggest, County Tiger. His biggest accomplishment since winning the Masters in 2020, he hasn't won on tour since, his, but he did go 5-0 and oh at the Ryder Cup. You right. Know? The first time. In, like the, the other countries, like that's the guy we're afraid of. Yeah. The, this guy. And, and he put it down. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, the, the the thing as I size up his his fortunes and then look at this list of guys, the only guy that that I'm kind of concerned about uh, of the, the. Yeah, let's play this game. Who, is, who are you kind of concerned about if we bet on DJ right now? It's Scotty Scheffler. Yeah. Mm. He just seems. <laughs> Yeah, he's just he's like one of those annoying pitchers that just like <laughs> strike one, strike two. Oh, I fouled that one off. Like you're just on the defensive constantly. It's, I he's love that. Steady. That's a great, a great uh, comparison. I think that's exactly right. He just knows where, where the two sides of the plate are and he's going to nibble on the edges when he needs to. He go right down the middle when he needs he's to. A sneaky big guy, too. Yeah, he is. But Scotty just beat him in Austin head to head in the match play. Exactly right. And so that's the guy to look out for. The only other, you know, look, we, we got all excited about DJ's Sunday round at the players. Well, guess who won the players? Cam Smith. So I really think it's those two guys who are going to represent the real threat in the end. Well, we're talking about top five bets on FanDuel. The, the, just the odds that jump out to me. Connors at plus 360 and Zalatoris at plus 410. Both of those guys seem really steady today. Zalatoris even, he almost double bogeyed the last hole. Made a great putt. We weren't there for this part. We saw it on TV, but really made, I mean, to to double bogey that and lose all the momentum like Cam Smith did, and yeah. he saved his own ass, but he seems pretty steady. Um, more cow plus 550 for top five. Berger, we didn't talk about him. Our friends at FanDuel, I don't think they'll mind us saying this. They said that- <laughs> I think they will mind. Well- that's fine. That's fine. They 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 this said is there was we heard some, from a lot of places, today. right? That there was the sharps all over the place, like two people, Berger and Hatton, heading into the tournament. And Berger was like minus three at one point, and we were like, well, Jesus. he was minus three on the seventeenth. Yeah, you know, walking off of seventeen and and on the tee on eighteen, he was minus three, and then he hit it in trees. Yeah, so. I don't know. I'm I'm marking him down. I would be shocked. Tiger's six to one to make the top five. I would honestly, if he makes the top five, no, I think that would be that. more amazing than they anything he's done in his career. Yeah, yeah that's it's right? a fact. That's yes. right. Don't and I say just don't do that. Let, let, let's not. Let's let him don't make the cut. Don't nobody mess with that. Just yeah. let's get what we get here. Exactly right. If Tiger makes the top ten, 
which is plus 260, that would be one of the most amazing moments. Totally agree with that. Yeah, so top 10, Camp Smith's minus 280, Shuffler's minus 200, and DJ's minus 195. Is there anybody lurking? If we had to bet on one person in the plus one, plus two range where the narrative on Sunday would be like, they had a tough Thursday, but since then they've been lights out guy. I would have Morikawa at plus one. I honestly think Rory. There is something. Oh, you're, you well, but here's Come why. On. Because on, his, historical, his historical performance yes. in majors. His first day was the problem. It, and it continues to be the problem. He yeah. was on his way yeah. to an under par. Yeah, we thought he was you know, performance yeah. uh, today, and you know, choked so, on the bit a little bit coming in. So he's plus one. Um, there's, there's he's plus one heading into Friday. What is he? What's his top five finish for? It is oh seven to one. See that he he is the king of a backdoor top ten, and if you you know. Top 10, he is plus 270. Yeah, so that would be one where I might consider it. Do you guys could... feel good about speed today? I didn't. No. no. We saw none of the things. We the, the we were bullish about his potential for two reasons. Because he had an unbelievable final round in Texas on Sunday in terms of his uh, ball striking prowess. Tita Green gained 11 strokes. Exactly. An amazing Tita Green performance in that tournament. And the Augusta mystique that, that mm. he, you know, he just, it just channels it and funnels it and it runs through his body. It courses through his veins and he was out there just chatting away and, and, and discontent, uh, all, all across the board. Yeah. A couple other FanDuel bets. I like, I'm just doing this in real time. Top USA player. Right. Right now, DJ's plus three thirty and Scheffler is plus three ten. But to finish first, you get, just beating the USA, those are pretty good odds. Right. Plus 330? DJ's plus 650, Scheffler's plus 750 to win outright. So you can't right. so bet they. Exactly. <laughs> it's a little bit of arbitrage here. Yeah, there is an arbitrage. So you like that or you don't like it? I'm not smart enough on the math to do it, but Scheffler at, at, at top American and DJ to win. Is a nice way to hedge. Could Any be. countries you want to know the top guy for? <laughs> well, it looks like, you know, I like Cam Smith's odds as top Australian now. Oh, well, he's minus 450. Jesus. Cor- Corey the Connors other ones are is top close Canadian to looks pretty top, good. Top European is is really the the one that you should get in where it's still a in anybody's game. A total jump ball. Yeah. Top European. Because if Victor shows up in similar pants tomorrow. He won't. He's leading the board at plus 380. You got Rom right behind him at 500 and Rory at six. So, Nathan, give us a winner. From what you saw today, both in person and the stuff we watched on TV and how we digested the tournament for the last two days, who's winning this tournament? Uh, my my heart says DJ, but I think my head says Cam Smith. Interesting. House? I say DJ, heart, and head. Scotty Sheffield's going to I think it's it DJ. You do? I yeah. think it was fitting that we ran into... I mean, we didn't talk to them, but that we saw his family on the 11th and it just, I, I don't know. Felt like that was a sign. It was a sign for me to go bet on DJ. Oh, okay. Just the whole thing that we, you know, and by the way, let's kudos to us, the Masters veterans now, our second tour. <laughs> My we, second tour. How many times have you been, House? A lot. I've been a bunch of times. We, we really How many times have you been, Nathan? We understand, similar. We understand it now. 
we we just owned where to be. Yeah. I was really proud of ourselves. We we own that that one of the things with the Masters, and I think with any golf tournament, is you gotta be ready to audible from what you thought you were gonna do if an opportunity strikes up, right? We That's were walking, how you play the Masters too. We're it's true. We're walking by the seventh and there's a nice spot and the green's right there. And Shady. we're like, hmm. And there's shade. And we're like, that seems cool. Let's do that. Let's just stop here for a minute. Let's stop there. And then knew, it turned 90 minutes. Yeah. We're waiting. Yeah. Now we're waiting for Tiger. Because it was, it turned out to be a beautiful spot. It was like uh, temperature wise because of the trees and the way the breeze was coming in. It was very comfortable and we yeah. were very close. Yeah. I need reconstructive knee surgery now. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Well, and then we parked between 15 and 16. We got to see Tiger finish 15. Yes. We got to see him get on 16 and birdie it. Yeah. Bryson the, and Cam that, came way, through in front of them. Do I get credit for calling that or no? I mean, yeah. I adamantly called that did. he was going to make that. You did. You did say it. We felt the energy I, and agreed, but you were the first to say this is happening. Because I could, he seemed locked in all of a sudden. 30 footer. And he hit the best shot into that green of, of his threesome. Yeah, yes. a lot of guys were hitting good balls into that green. His threesome. We didn't appreciate it because both Cam and Bryson put it in super close. Yeah, and both and made both the of them birdie made their birdie in putts. front of. So him. he makes the birdie, yes. and we hightail it up to seventeen to the green, and we get to see him putt on seventeen in time, and then we hightail it again down eighteen, and we get to see his approach shot. And uh, the love par saving, the, uh, the an last amazing putt. par saving. I was so proud of us. I, I really thought well, that was a masterclass. You know what? To me, what it delivered for us, um, the three highlights of the day for me were the three Tiger Roars. The Tiger Roar, we were standing on seven, yes. waiting for him to come. We heard an enormous roar on six. Right. Enormous. So we're like, and Nate's immediately like, Tiger, that's a Tiger yeah, that, roar. We, we forgot to talk about this. This is one of the best parts of being with the Masters, trying to guess what the roar was. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, did it come from six or did it come? Yeah. And so you're doing that. And then the Tiger roars are always different. So yes. it's either Tiger did something or somebody just had a hole in one or an eagle. That, 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 those are the only two the options. Only two that's options. True. Yeah. That, that was the conversation we had. I think if Mickelson had been out there, that he could have rivaled the roar a little bit, I think. Pre, pre all the shit that happened. Yeah. Absolutely. But then once you figure out through the math and the starting times and where the groups are in position that it's a tiger roar, then we have to start betting, did he hole a shot? Or did he just get close? Did he close? just put it close? Or was did he just make a putt? And right. then when the second one comes... Then you know, the, the putt. Yeah. yeah. So right. he stuffed one and then he made a putt because we yes. got two, two of those. And then so that we were away from the hole for a tiger roar. Then we got to be in the tiger roar ourselves and participate we in got it to roar. on 16. We roared. Legit and, roar. And then we got to, on 18, watch... Again, every time, the whole day, every time he approached a green, every time he approached the tee box, standing ovation. Everybody's up. Yeah. And we got to watch him walk up, get that standing ovation, execute that approach unbelievably well, validate it by making the putt. Again, a giant enthusiastic response. And then when he's walking off the green. And yeah, that's the, the, the appreciative I, and one. That place where he hugged Earl. The place where he hugged Charlie. It was so great until we saw... sacred ground. It's a home Until we saw Roger Goodell like five minutes later. It was such a nice moment. <laughs> and then saw Roger Goodell wearing a green jacket, by the way. Yeah. He's like, he's oh, a, he's man. A, this guy, member. really? He's, he's got to be here. He's a member. Yes. There's two other noises that happen at the Masters. One is the... um, Me and Where Lois. it's like the... Ah, 
Where it's like either it's a long putt that almost goes in or a long chip or almost a whole an approach shot that spins back. Yes, yes. It might yes. go in. Yeah, yeah. And then there's a roar we were worried about yeah. hearing is is if Matthew Wolf tried to kill the guy he was playing with today. And it was like that, oh, like no, if he was, just started hitting the guy with the date art. That was Oosthuizen. No, Matt, oh Matt. yeah, or Oosthuizen. <laughs> Any of the golfers melted down. We were trying to figure out what would it be like if they just took an eight iron and just hit their caddy with it or something. What the gallery sound would be, <laughs> and I think it would be like, oh, yeah. There's a lot like of respectful of silence. So when you hear the disappointment, you know it's really bad. If respectful silence is usually not a good sound at the Bastards. No. That's usually the, we appreciate that you're here, but that was pretty embarrassing. Let's all just move on. Ustazen had one on the 18th. He hits an approach and almost kills somebody. Like <laughs> yeah, it, it, yeah, he put it, it into a woman's chair. Yeah. yeah. And, and then and she was in it. Yeah. <laughs> she was in that chair. <laughs> and they had to clear all the chairs. Yeah. And then he chips out and the chip sucks. And he like whips his club <laughs> against the back. <laughs> and we were like, oh no, <laughs> this could be the, uh, oh, oh. That was fun. Yeah, I'm with you. So we think there's three Tiger Wars. Well, and just the experience of the day for us, that was, you know, the third one when he was leaving, that's when I got emotional. That's when I was like, wow, I we just saw something. Yeah. That feels like a once in a lifetime kind of thing. Like, I, I don't know why I'm feeling emotional, but I am. Yeah, right by that. That, that was like the second time we'd seen you like that because the first time was when the Brooklyn Domino's pizza came <laughs> and it was the same kind of emotion. Like, I gave it like that per the delivery person a gigantic tip, I assure you. All right. Any other last thoughts before we go? Well, what are we, what have we not seen that we're going to grab tomorrow? Tomorrow, we feel like we need to see a little bit more of the front, right? Oh, yeah. We're, we, uh, course experience wise we hit virtually everything except for one through five uh in terms of our our scope yeah. and our our strategy today yeah so we'll, so hit we'll go up i will really want to get up to the back of one i think that's such a cool vantage point yeah it tends to be a little bit less um congested up there and you can see we need sarah Balionis. Yeah, we have to go we say hi find to her. Amanda, yeah. uh, Miss Miss Balionis Renner, Mrs. Balionis Renner. One last great thing happened to me today because um, you run into people at the Masters. Obviously, you never know who you're going to run into. Guy, guy yells my name. I turn. I told this story in a podcast a while ago that um, when I was going to high school in Connecticut, I was playing golf one day, and they had all these IDs for people who like left stuff on the course like driver's license, different things. And I saw this driver's license and the guy had brown hair and kind of looked like me. And I was like, I'm just going to pretend that's my license because that guy's 21 and now I'll have a fake ID from this. So wait, I, did you work at the golf course? No, I was just playing there. You, so I, I wait, pretended. Wait, wait. You were playing at a golf course. And I was in the pro shop after and team. I was like, I left my license. As a teen. No, it wasn't. Well, I was like 18 or 19. Yeah, that's what I'm I was asking. probably 19. And they give me the ID. He pilfered and, the lost and found. And his name was Bart Osman. And I'd gone to high school with him, but he was ahead of me. And I became Bart Osman. And I, that's how I bought liquor for did us at Holy Cross. That, did they give you that ID by accident or did you ask for that ID? No, I told them I, I, I left me. my ID and they gave it to me. <laughs> so I became Bart Osman. Did Bart know? Bart didn't know, but Bart was like 5'9". So every time I bought drinks, I had to like spread my legs out. So I seemed shorter. And then one time at the state liquor, which is where we bought a lot of, lot of liquor in Worcester, 
at one time I saw the lady kind of eyeballing me. And this was like only a couple months before I turned, it was probably like four months before I turned 21. And she was eyeballing me. And then she's like, do you have any other identification? And I was like, no, I don't. I just have that in my credit card and, uh, or money. I didn't even have a credit card because yeah, it wouldn't, wouldn't match. So is that now I just, that's all I have. And she's like, I'm going to take this. And you have that moment where you're like the kind of the jigs up. Yeah. I'm like, Okay, that's too bad. And so that was it. I stopped being Bart Osmond. But I mentioned the story and he loved it because he had a bunch of friends. So I was like, hey, let's listen to this podcast. And the guy was Bart Osmond. So anyway, I got to meet Bart Osmond. So I got to thank him in person. Today at the Masters. Today at the Masters for the 16 months, I got to be Bart Osmond. Well, I'd like to thank him as well because I was a, a third-party beneficiary of a lot of, a lot of, of that. Bart Osmond bought us a lot of liquor well, in college. We're almost out of tequila in this house. Can he? <laughs> <laughs> we don't need Bart Osmond's ID, but man, oh man. Anyway, thanks to Bart. It was great to see him. Um, I think we're wrapping this podcast up, but the, of course the basketball is getting a little wonky house. What's going on? So we have the Bucks are only up three against the Celtics with 11 minutes left. And the Raptors are beating the Sixers. So I, I'm i assuming we won't have... We, we should probably just end the podcast here. But if anything crazy happens, we'll do another bonus basketball segment. Otherwise, I'll talk about uh, I'll talk about it with Rosillo on Sunday night. Sunday night, I think, is going to be a two-part podcast for, for me. Because we got the Masters. We got all the basketball stuff. Then late night, we'll have all the matchups. So I think we're going to split up into two parts. You guys are going to be doing fairway rolling right after the Masters. Yes. We'll be fired up, ready to, to to put on our own green jackets. We'll be talking about FanDuel stuff. We also, we were scouting this because next year we're going to come back for FanDuel and we're going all out. We're going to have video. We're going to have uh, nephew Kyle will be here. He wanted to come this year, but it, it, it didn't work out. Next year he's coming. A lot of people will come. It'll be a whole FanDuel extravaganza with video. Maybe we'll have show. Maybe we'll have celebrity guests. We, we could do that. Live at the Masters. Why not? Celebrity guests Presented by course. FanDuel. Who knows? Who knows what that will bring? I know what this year brought. It brought some tears, some emotion, and about a combined 20 extra pounds for the three of us. <laughs> well done, boys. Good Thank to see you, Drunk House. Good Thank to see you, Nathan Hubbard. Thank you, Bill. Thank you, Bill. All right, that's it for the uh, podcast. Thanks to Nathan. Thanks to House. Thanks to Kyle Crane for producing as always. Thanks to Dylan Berkey. Thanks to FanDuel for helping us get to the Masters. We had a great time. I will see you on Sunday with the uh, two-part podcast with Priscilla. Looking forward to it. This episode is brought to you by Dr. Squatch. What you use in your personal care routine matters, so upgrade your lineup with Dr. Squatch. They have high-performing natural products with no harmful ingredients. That'll have you looking and smelling your best, like their wood barrel bourbon bar soap and lotion or their bay rum deodorant. They even have some limited edition soaps like their Avengers and Star Wars collections. Those seem like they'd be fun to try. And right now, they have an amazing offer for new customers. Get 20% off your first purchase of any amount or a subscription order by going to drsquatch.com 
slash Simmons or use the code Simmons at checkout.